automate where you can, but utilize the human brain when it's needed. Hey there, and welcome to The Stickbot. This is the podcast where we talk about all things related to observability, because that's what we do and that's what we're passionate about, but also what it's like to work in the ever-changing, dynamic tech industry. So if you are interested in that, you are definitely in the right place. In this episode, we invited Ramfish Adrichem. As a security specialist, Ramfish deals with preventing cybercrime and threat handling all day long. Ramfis and Anthony talk about what kinds of cybercrime Ramfis deals with, why he states that the human brain is the most important computer and that you should never underestimate its power, and how Ramfis thinks observability tools and concepts like AI can support the human brain in solving and preventing cybercrime. Welcome to the StackPod and let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Anthony Evans. Thank you for listening to the StackPod, uh, sponsored by StackState. Um, today, I'm going to have a really interesting conversation with a an actual customer of uh, StackState, um, a guy by the name of Ramphus. Uh, Ramphus, do you want to introduce yourself and uh, where you work and what you do? Yeah, that will do. Thank you, Anthony. Um, well, my name is uh, Ramphus Adixman, and I'm a security specialist. And my focus is on uh, threat handling and looking at the threats um, currently running, things like ransomware, but also uh, what keeps me really awake at night concerning security. So no crying babies on that. But security side is uh, um, the development and the evolution uh, on things like business models uh, within the cybercrime uh, situation, but also threat actors like, for instance, countries. Yeah, especially because you're 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 working not just for a corporation, like it, it's an institutional component of the Check. economy, you know, of the part of the government in a way. Um, so so yeah, you're definitely uh, at the front line of uh, more than a few uh, threats, right? Um, well, that's that's true, but but the the trick is that every everyone nowadays is under threat, and because. If you look from a cybercrime perspective, uh, it's all about money, uh, and if you have any, if you have money, and uh, criminals can find a way to easily uh, um, penetrate your environment and steal information, then there's something to gain. Um, from a threat actor perspective, it's it's more challenging because uh, some countries are into uh, espionage, uh, other countries are on just stealing uh, intellectual property or um, trying to undermine your government or your society. So that's more challenging and difficult. Uh, and, so, and certain governments are pretty interested in certain type of information. For instance, uh, there is a government uh, like Iran, which is really focused on, because of boycotts, on information from universities. Eh? So knowledge, especially knowledge. And that's, um, it's, it's, that can be challenging because how do you uh, handle those types of threats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I, I honestly, um, empathize a lot in your scenario. I, I think we were talking about this, uh, previously, but, um, there's been such, uh, 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 a movement, if you will, to kind of productize crime, uh, especially on the internet and in this new yeah. 
metaverse <laughs> that, that that is now around right where it, it's 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 you've gone from the anonymous people that that would do things for the sake of truth and righteousness and exposing corporate greed and all this kind of fun stuff to now you know nations actually rigging elections right it, it's one of the biggest things that i personally find really bamboozling especially living in america that more people aren't talking about you know election meddling they're more worried about their neighbors meddling with the election than foreign actors you know which is probably more so than than ever before uh and then and then you've also now got people that literally ride around in lamborghinis and whatnot because they've made a criminal enterprise out of hacking data receiving payments in cryptocurrency getting knowledge, exposing it, corporate blackmail, uh, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, you've got so many different components now, right? Yeah. The, 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 thing, the thing is that um, from a traditional standpoint, if you look at, at a hacker, you see uh, people with uh, dark hoodies or with uh, anonymous masks and, and uh, lurking around in the dark clutches of the internet. And, and that's not true. Nowadays, especially if you look at cybercrime and take ransomware as an example, what you see is that it's business and it's uh, a business just like uh, any other business. It has its own business developers. And so first, it started just by locking your system with crypto uh, algorithms and then stating, listen, pay me five bitcoins and then you're off of me. And uh, the second thing was uh, people didn't pay uh, or companies like... Uh, um, antiviral companies or, or, or for instance the police health companies which uh, got hit by ransomware to get a key to unlock their data so the next thing was okay listen i'm going to extract also your data and extort you with that so pay up or i will uh, publicize your information okay so then you get into the privacy problem eh? think for yeah. instance uh, um, your uh, human resources environment got hit and they get all your information from your employees, so social security numbers. Um, think of it. So that's identity fraud already. It could be an identity fraud problem. Um, and the next thing was, okay, listen, you have paid up. Uh, okay, nice. But I still have your data. And then the data becomes a commodity. And now it becomes tricky because if it's a commodity for those hackers or those groups, um, what you see is that they're going to do the same thing as a regular business will do. Hey, listen, I have this real great data lake from multiple uh, um, well, customers. Um, other customers, yeah, because you have paid them to get your data back and to unlock your system. So now you're a customer, but you're yeah. uh, really you're a victim. So that have those criminals have all the data from those victims and they're going to do data sciences on it and try to find intellectual property or data that could be interesting to trade. So they're not now going to sell off your data or data they have collected from multiple victims into data sets and put it on the market. Yeah, and that's, that's also one of the reasons why uh, it's becoming a business. The, the simple fact that it's so easy to gain CPU power, memory, internet access, bandwidth, um, um, it makes it easy and it also creates new opportunities and for instance what you see is that uh, uh, um, a lot of those um, 
previous hackers are now providing and and services in the sense that there are software as a service or better known as Prime as a service. You can just pay some bucks around the $50 and you can do a denial of service. And I'm talking about a serious denial of service. So not what you were just stating to me, but putting down a bank. Yeah. And the, the, the business model is, is, is even scarier because if you're going for those services, they state, listen, give us a percentage of your earnings. So they're not only facilitating you, but they're also making revenue out of that because they're providing you the service. So there's that initial $150. Uh, but if you earn something because uh, someone is going to pay up, you get the, they get the percentage. So about business development, there's some enterprise, some digital transformation. We're still talking about digital transformation. Those guys are doing it. Can we, we'll start our own little business. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so, no but, but taking into account that uh, traditional organizations which are doing that, the digital transformation can learn something about those, although it's criminal, but the way how they perceive those business models because they're doing it and they're providing services and also get some earnings on that. And so it's see it almost as subscription-based things like Microsoft now is doing. Um, if Microsoft does something that's pretty interesting for your uh, uh, earnings, um, probably more that it's more beneficial for you to take into account that if they provide certain services uh, in a dynamic way, uh, they can share in the profit on that, but also you, your profits are gaining and that's more flexible, dynamic uh, uh, enterprise computing. Hey, that could be interesting. Criminals are doing it now because they're smart. They uh, don't have any drawbacks. Uh, they don't have to think about, I don't have uh, personnel or uh, my traditional business models or uh, traditional sales. No, they're not hampered by that. So they can do that. And you see that they're successful with it because if you look at the rate, for instance, ransomware, um, hey, poof. It just went up and it's still going up and it's going strong. And, and the, 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 you know, the setting is that you see now on YouTube, those guys uh, showing off their Lamborghinis and Ferraris and their big houses and mansions. Yeah. And now we're talking just by the security problems with in just a simple thing like ransomware, because there are a lot more I think about identity theft or um, spear phishing CEO fraud. It's, it's all there and they're all now becoming business models or are uh, a long time of being business models, but they're changing, for instance, from uh, uh, one example we had is that, uh, um, um, yeah, it's pretty stupid, but uh, uh, another government or someone imposing as another government tried to get into uh, a previous account I had and um, it was really legit. Everything yeah. was legit about it. We couldn't see, hey, this is a fraud. It was so good, even, and we're, I'm speaking the Dutch language, and it could, can be pretty tricky from a grammar uh, point of view, and it was perfect. So yeah. someone paid someone speaking native Dutch to write down those all those sentences with all the nuances and the the inclines and it's all the specifics from a formal text. It was perfect, but it was a fraud. 
Yeah, I've I've noticed that more and more now that um actually actually I got one I got one yesterday uh where it was like Janine at pseudoemail.com something and it's like, Hey Anthony, uh, I need you to run a favor for me. I'm like from this I'm like I'm like I'm like but it looked like somebody was legitimately trying to get in contact with me. If it wasn't for the email address where I was like, Oh, that's funny. Pseudo email, really? <laughs> Just you know, I would have reacted to it, you know, potentially, and just said, "Hey, mm-hmm. either, either, like, hey, sorry, I don't know who you are, but then they know who you are, like, they know you're there, kind of thing, and you're a human, and that that they can, they can then get that information." But then I think about like people like my parents who don't, you know, they 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 have junk email filtering, but they are not technical people in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and that and that's and that also makes it tricky. For instance, previously you had the mail from a Nigerian prince. Which has has some hardship, but uh, he can you can get uh, if you help him, you get get him to get his millions. And nowadays, they're really professional, uh, targeted. They have used LinkedIn to scout you, do some social engineering on you, and uh, also see who your relations are. And sometimes they become friends with your relations, so that they get a reputation. A reputation is is. Is really the most important thing if you look at it from a digital uh, universe because um, reputation can get you anywhere. Social engineering works thanks to reputation and because it creates trust, it builds trust. And the more reputation you get, the bigger your trust is. And that's the scary part because although you're a tech guy and you can see things, you know things, you know a lot more than the general public, um, Reputation, you're also susceptible to reputation because I'm a respectful good guy. I have a good reputation. So probably you will trust me. And if I say something and I'm slowly moving if in, you say so, and, then, and, then, and then, <laughs> then you give me your piggy bank and I can go to the Bahamas based on all the money in that piggy bank. No, but that's, that's, that's the, the tricky part of it. Yeah, It's human interaction. It doesn't have to do anything with computers or data. It's just using data, uh, and which is publicly available, and 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 and, uh, and you know, well, making it usable for for other means than it was intentionally uh, purpose. And then then we come uh, directly in, into the state for why we are looking at stack state, because um, now that's it seems quite a giant leap, but it isn't, because what you see is that uh, we have all kinds of systems. Uh, security uh, seams, log systems, um, application monitoring, all kinds of stuff. And uh, what you see in, 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 in principle, it's all based on traditional enterprise computing. And it's now extending to the cloud and get, uh, adopting cloud methods. But it's still, in principle, enterprise thinking. And slowly yeah. it's evolving into cloud. But what I get is also that past, that history huge amounts of data. So that's actual data, but metadata on data. It's enormous. And what it also uh, triggers is false positives. You get really a large amount of false positives. Even if you use AI, which will help you uh, um, optimize patterns and do great searches, but it will still create a large amount of false uh, positives. And now it comes uh, into, okay, how to look at it? How can I handle all those uh, large amounts of data? 
the, the, the term is data lakes, but it could be data oceans because it's, it's so, so large. Um, and what you see is that we are missing the interesting computer here. Take your ears, feel it. And that within that, that piece between your ears, there's something great and marvelous. And that's our human computer, our brain. And our brain can do something that AI will not do. Um, and that's see things that are not that obvious. And what and that um, that computer of our the brain is really sensitive to relations which could be visualized. So if I make a drawing, yeah. you can visualize stuff. And if you can do that, we can see, hey, that's odd. But should it be there? And that's uh, one of the reasons uh, why we will start looking at uh, stack state. Um, because we need the power of visualization, but from a security perspective. And the thing about stack state is that, uh, I see it from a graph perspective, uh, because we're, first we were looking at graphs, is that you need all the rich, rich data and make sure that objects you're looking at are complete. Uh, so it's the, the network data, the application data, middleware data, relations with databases. Um, but then uh, something should occur that you're going to look at it because a hey, huge amount, I, I told an ocean of data and, and all those relations are also oceans with, with some small islands between them. So how are you going to do that? And um, this morning I, I talked to a previous colleague of, of yours and I was talking in a, in a house metaphor. Um, let's say for the argument you have uh, 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 let's say last week you had uh, problems with your roof. It was leaking. And it was fixed and everything was fine. Uh, and now now you're walking one day and uh, you're walking past your bot, uh, uh, lost, uh, for instance, not better, uh, past, uh, past the, the, your bedroom, your own bedroom, the master room. Yeah. The master bedroom. And there's water on the floor. Okay. If you look at it from the perspective that you have all that data and look and all those different systems, seem you're going to look at okay, is there water on the walls? Is there water on the roof? Um, you're going to examine every piece of system, walking through, looking at all the positives and exactly the false positives, and hopefully you find it. Yeah, and you're going to take into consideration gravity and existential things that you know aren't there in a data form that you know yeah. are there and can impact you know so you start you start a lot of work okay and i'm going to tell you i'm not going to do that i'm going to do it the smart way i'm going to use my brain so i have a small drone with all kinds of sensors which will help me to eliminate the false positives and then i'll go out the, outside my house will drone into the air and it will give me a picture, picture visual, yeah? what our eyes can see, a warmth. We can see uh, all kinds of other different sensors will give, provide me data, and it will help me to get rid of all the false positives and things which are not true. And the conclusion at the end can, can, could be, hey, there's nothing wrong with my roof. So then it should be something else. If I'm going to do it in the first place, yeah, so examining everything, I look at all the systems, and it is a large amount of work, tremendous 
it takes a large amount of time. Probably you'll have to get assistance on that. Just to conclude, hey, there's nothing wrong with the roof. But what is it? Yeah. Okay. Shall I tell you what it is? Because I found it earlier because my drone says, and because I have all those sensors in place, which will help me lose those false positives of elim or grouping the, 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 the information that's interesting for me to examine. So that shortens the time it takes me. Okay, but now the conclusion. So why is there water before your master bedroom door? Your son, son from 12 has taken a bucket, is, went to the bathroom, filled up the bucket, walked past the master bedroom to his own room to play with his newly received boat. So now you're going to run fast your gun off the rails. Uh, am I? Because that's a new pattern we've never seen before. This is the first time. And this is also what you see with uh, cybersecurity. This could be a completely new threat, which is, has never been seen before. So everything you learned in the previous, all the experiences will not help you identify that new threat because it's a completely new pattern. Your son of 12 has never taken a bucket, filled it up in the bathroom because he had never had that new boat. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's, and those are things are the challenges. So um, now the human brain comes into perspective. It will help you to see the, and the things that should be obvious or not obvious at the illogical thing. And that's, that's stack state is my drone. And I'm currently working with uh, the consultant, which is assisting us to make it my drone. Because yes, I have a scene, I have application monitoring, I have all kinds of stuff all flying all around in the cloud, on the air, AI, it's, it's coming out of my ears. There's so much AI we have, and it also generates false positives, but I do not have that drone, that magical drone. Yeah, so I I'm, think, um, well, so, so this is one of the reasons why uh, I like working with platforms, right? So one of the, one of the things, when I joined ServiceNow back in the day, you know, I, I looked at it and a lot of people would look at it and think of it as a ticketing platform, right? Which, you know, it's true. That's why many people buy it. But the way I see it is it's a database with a workflow engine on top. So back in 2009, when I was interviewing there, I built a HR workflow for onboarding. At that point, everybody was just buying ServiceNow because it could do ticketing and it was easier than Remedy at that time. But I looked at it and I was like, well, you know, I can do any kind of enterprise workflow that I want. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be assessing a vulnerability. It could be doing change management. It, it could be onboarding an employee, you know, as long as I've got the imagination to put it into a workflow. And I find that Stack State is very similar, right? We're, we're, a, we're a time traveling database. So we're a graph mm -hmm. database that can keep taking snapshots of itself. And you can choose almost to a fault, you know, what data you're sending to stack state right and and what our agent is collecting uh, and what data we're bringing back and then and then you can leverage that platform capability to build your own checks to uh interpret signals differently but ultimately at the end of the day you see the relationships uh, and you have the ability to intelligently determine how you want to do that in a way that wasn't possible prior to having the database right 
check and it's 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 a little bit more more than that also because i get actual factual information eh, if i implement it correctly on all my assets which are currently running because that's the other flow you, you were talking about uh, things like remedy and, and service now you look from a configuration management database it's always lacking yeah that administration is always far far behind yeah, and it's always spreadsheets. Like you talk yeah. to the network guy, he's like, oh, I've got my spreadsheet from Cisco that I talk to the cloud guy. He's yeah. like, oh, I just pulled everything from AWS. It's in there. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but the tricky part now is, is that we also have things like uh, uh, Docker, container technology, uh, Kubernetes is really popular. Uh, um, and we're now moving more and more on that, that services or applications are microdized, uh, microservices. And they're all around of the place. They, they could be on your premises. That could be in a colo. They could be at Amazon, Azure, whatever. Um, but they're part of your organization and your responsibility. Yeah. So having a, a view on the actual running systems you currently have, eh, those assets, and that could be all kinds of assets. I was talking about systems, but it could be applications, whatever. That's that's one part that's really important. It's and from a security perspective, if something pops up, the first thing I want to know, is it mine? Because responsibility is, is really important. No, that's not mine. Or yes, it's yours, but was it done within a normal process? Was there a request for that system or application? No, it's not. Oh, so someone has popped it up. Who was it? So now breaking down on... Why is the system there? Because hey, maybe there's uh, uh, a hacker has penetrated your network and it's just popping up a new system because hey, it's Docker or uh, whatever. And or or can... maybe 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 somebody um, because Docker right is a community product for the most part, right? You can download pretty much any container you want. That container could have a bunch of third-party stuff embedded in it that you weren't expecting. All of a sudden, somebody can get in your environment just because you ran that container. It then took everything with it because those containers sometimes are running with privileged access as well. So being able to track all of that and see that, I could see as being incredibly important. Right? And, and that's and that's the reason why it's... And you know, I just put in a coin and you're like, oh, listen, and this and this and this. And this is exactly what I mean. Yeah, because uh, because by stating, giving this example, uh, uh, subject matter expert directly sees the problems that can arise, and you triggered on that. So hey, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> but but that's that's one part of the of the of the equation. The other part is hey, I was talking about anomalies. Hey, this is hey, this is strange. This is not correct. And so triggering my brain. Um, but asset management is really important in that. Is this mine? Is this running? Is there a process underneath for creating that? Um, if you can see that directly or, or pretty quick, hey, that gives you an advantage. It shortens time to finding trouble. The other thing is, of course, okay, what are those relationships? Relationships between applications, relationships between service buses, relationships to API gateways, uh, you using data or services from outside my network. Yeah, because uh, identity usage, um, account usage, creation of um, assets, yeah, databases, 
think, uh, for instance, with uh, software-defined is great, but if there's a control uh, issue and software-defined can mean that uh, someone is just uh, creating a, uh, taking a lot of data or creating new service. Uh, yeah, you can siphon just instantly everything. Like that. Yeah. Uh, creating new network VLANs, uh, uh, changing, uh, because it's software-defined, changing load balancers, uh, adding system to it. Uh, it's within that large bulk of data. And, and that's uh, when you um, visualize things and you know how your uh, architecture is created and it's open and transparent, um, you see those things. And, and to give an example, uh, yesterday I had a demo uh, uh, about stack state. And I, I took uh, two systems, um, random, just two systems, which are currently now... Uh, uh, so there's no view on that, nothing fancy, two systems, and I'm looking on the dependencies. And I see those systems, both systems, 100% CPU. And it's, 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 it's running for a while now. So I'm now looking at, okay, uh, what was it yesterday? And the day before. And they, oh, they're all running, running red hot, 100% CPU. So something is wrong. Yeah. And those things AI can help you with or whatever can help you with, but if you have experience or just, hey, something is wrong, what is it? And you can act directly. And that's that's important. And that's the power for um, um, visualization and, 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 and putting in everything in place. So I have the data, I have my own knowledge, uh, I'm, I'm used to getting stuff done, uh, I have experience with, with, with colleagues who can help me interpret data or can say, hey, yeah, listen, because if something looks wrong for me, could well be that it's not a problem. So I can directly show someone who's more subject matter expert than I am. And he says, okay, no, not a problem because we're running a special badge or... And so it's also a way for communication. So that's the reason... I'm really enthusiastic. Uh, a lot of people are really uh, fans of ElkStack, eh, Kibana, because it can also visualize data, eh, Splunk, but it's always in the met from, from a metric sense. So uh, data, actual hard data, okay, this, this network is not doing this, or the database is growing, or the amount of transactions is growing. I'm not interested about that. That's something for an application guy or a network guy. I'm interested in, hey, what's popping up? What's what's wrong with that? Or hey, should it be there? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, that that the the time traveling capability provides the context, right? So yes. so that you can you you can actually without any kind of AI figure out if something is abnormal. You can literally go and say, okay, to your point, right, with the one hundred percent cpu you could go back and say okay yesterday what was it but but maybe let's go back seven days maybe this always happens at this time of day do you know what i mean on a friday or whatever you know or or maybe let's go back two weeks from now to see when exactly it started running at a hundred percent uh so that we can see everything that happened beforehand what changed what called what Oh, all of a sudden we've got an AWS configuration, or somebody ripped a, ripped part of the VPC away. So now all of a sudden I've got two EC2 environments doing the work of five. You know, so that's why they're yeah. spinning. 
you know, and without without that context and that ability to derive, a lot of people are putting faith in AI ops platforms where it's like, okay, just send me all your data, then I'll be able to convert all of that data into a ticket or one incident and using AI, I'm going to guess the root cause and then you're going to be able to figure out and then take action on it. I think they're missing a step. They're missing the the contextualization of the data, which we kind of had with the CMDB. Uh, then people have kind of given up on this notion of the CMDB and they've just gone into AI, whereas really getting the middle ground, getting yeah. a, a good data set allows you to run even a bad algorithm on good data can turn around good outcomes you know but but a good algorithm on crappy data it just doesn't work uh, yeah, it, and that's you're hitting you're hitting the nail right on the where it should be on the head and that's um and that's what uh what i'm now looking into and experimenting with because hey data that's science on its own. AI can help you. It can help you really tremendous. And if you uh, are good in optimizing and, and, and thinking about it and utilizing the technology, great, two thumbs up. But don't underestimate where still the power lies for the human brain. And yeah. what you see is that the belief, especially in AI and data itself, uh, combining those two, you you you've you hit it right on the nail by saying if you have crappy data, AI will not help you, and and that's that's the that's the, that's really really the trick. So the human brain is really important in making sense, but sense on the level that's important. Listen, uh, uh, there will not fall become really great problems in from the T hundred CPU uh, situation uh, if service will hamper, then they will probably add a new system. They've always done that. You know, so enterprise thoughts and the way how to solve problems, especially within this new cybersecurity age, uh, will not work. And uh, well, demands something else. And I believe in the human brain in that sense, but human brain has to get information in such a way, visualized, because we are visual people. People are visualizing everything and um, it gives us the insights we need to it. If you have large amounts of text, or even if you look at some uh, um, some products which just show you graphs, and with graphs I mean um, lines, uh, pie charts, uh, percentages in that, it will not help you because my brain can consume it in the sense it can absorb that there is some information, but it doesn't see the relationships or yeah. the tricky parts within that data. But if I'm putting in notes and I see lines and you see something is changing from color or whatever, hey, that gives me insights. I'm using my actually my brain. Okay? I'm thinking 3D. And if you're looking at the, the regular things like I see, uh, and products like Splunkers are, are, are tremendous, uh, elastic, right? But their presentation is still 2D. Yeah. And I'm a 3D thinking person because I have a human brain. Yeah, and I, I think as well with uh, logging data and metric data, 
um, there needs to be a genesis. In other words, somebody needs to decide that a data point is important for whatever reason, whether it's monitoring, debugging, whatever. And so then they have to put it into their code, right? Where, where, whereas, you know, with topology data, you know, if it's got an IP address, it's there, you know, it, it, it's in your system, whether we have more data on it or not is irrelevant, right? Or what it does is irrelevant. The, the fact is we can then map it and then we can extend it from that, right? So that then if we do have metric data, okay, great. Let's add the metric data to that component. If we don't, then that gives us at the very least uh, uh, an idea as to where we need to improve, right? What, what, what more data can I pull in on this one component where I'm missing stuff, whether it's a missing integration, whether you just never collected the data on that particular subset of, of information, it, like going back to the app dynamics thing. Um, one of the things I always found, uh, silly with those tools is that, um, the first thing they'll ask you is like, okay, well, in order to get value out of the tool, you need to install the agents. And it's like a chicken and an egg scenario because you're like, well, what if I don't know where the application's running? <laughs> Just like, and then you won't know. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden you, you, you think you're running it on two machines, but in fact, somebody updated it like a month ago. It's running on five and yet you've only got two fifths of the data set. You know, it's... Uh, it's yeah. a real problem. Well, yeah, but but the problem that's that's also uh, the the challenge for for stack states for, for for my business case, of course, and to into the future, is that agents and how to retrieve information, but also the reliability of uh, APIs you are consuming as a platform from others, and the development within that. And so uh, what you see is that load balancers, VMware, uh, uh, you name it. There's always an API you now can can consume and hook up to. But the reliability of that VPN as API, sorry, is also um, could help you be successful or fail in the goals you are trying to achieve because those APIs by themselves could be that resilient or um, yeah. or real time as you would like to have them. So that's that's a challenge for the for the coming future, and also especially if you look at the the development on on, on platform uh, platforms. And specifically, control platforms. Um, yes, it's 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 going with a tremendous pace, but the quality uh, is sometimes lacking behind. So um, changes on that, and looking at from an um, organization perspective, are difficult. And, and and the difficulty not lies in that simple fact that uh, there are a lot of changes quickly behind each other, but also um, it's not clear, is it a fix, is it a feature, or is it something else? Yeah. Because you're putting it into an integrated, tightly integrated, but in a huge environment because everything is bigger than it was uh, yesterday or the day before. And that's a challenge. I find it a challenge. And uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to also having you guys on Stack State, but to all our vendors and how they're going to perceive that and move along. Yeah? Agent versus agentless, uh, features, security, but also if you promise that you are going to put a, f a feature in your progress version X, uh, and okay, shit, it didn't uh, get the deadline, we're now moving it on. Yeah. Okay, that can hamper you, and as a customer, uh, that can provide us with challenges we 
you probably don't want to have because we like stability, integrity, continuity, safety, and we want to have uh, responsibility only for the stuff we need to be responsible of and for. That makes sense. And I think that's a beautiful thing to end the podcast with because we have actually run out of time. Um, but again, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time. You're obviously very passionate about this subject. Maybe um, in about six months or so from now, we can check in to see uh, how far you've come with your project. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, and yeah, no, it's been it's been a pleasure talking to you. Anything you want to end with? Any uh, any last minute notes or anything? Um, yeah, automate where you can, but utilize the human brain when it's needed. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again, Ramfis. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like more information about Stackstate, you can visit stackstate.com. That's S-T-A-C-K-S-T-A-T-E.com. And you can also find a written transcript of this episode on our website. So if you prefer to read through what they've said, definitely head over there. And also make sure to subscribe if you'd like to receive a notification whenever we launch a new episode. So until next time.